You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For those of you listeners who know my background a bit, you might remember the stories of my first few jobs after college. From being a mall cop to selling makeup door-to-door, I realized that I had skills that were being underutilized and that these minimum wage jobs couldn't support me or last forever. I spent years going through YouTube, reading books, listening to podcasts, and taking enough online courses to reinvent myself as a professional copywriter and digital marketer. Years later, thanks to my side hustles and drive, I've worked with national news outlets, multi-million dollar tech startups, nonprofits, and celebrities to build their brands and drive sales. None of this could have happened if I didn't develop in-demand skills. I had to do this alone, but you don't have to. You have Hustlers University 2.0. Hustlers University 2.0 is a community where you can learn real skills to earn money online today, starting with side hustles you can use to elevate your game. I'm not just an advocate for Hustlers University. I'm also a student. Every professor is verified to be making 10K to 500K monthly in their selected field. You get full resources, lesson plans, and an active community of thousands of other Hustlers University students working on skills such as stock analysis, cryptocurrencies, e-commerce, copywriting, which was my favorite course, one I actually went ahead and took last month. And as a copywriter of seven years, I even took a ton out of that, including some of the resources I was able to take over to my day job. You also learn freelancing, financial planning, affiliate marketing, business management, and so much more. If you're tired of depending on a boss who hates you to deliver your paycheck or have learned since the lockdowns that controlling the source of your income is vital to your individual freedom, sign up for Hustlers University 2.0 today using the link in the show notes. I'll see you there. Okay, today we have on America's favorite albino African-American, Brian McWilliams from Mean Age Daydream. Brian, I'm a fan of rebrands. Somebody that was once a trans-Caucasian rapper under the name Remso Republic. I do understand (laughs) the the purpose of that. So let's go ahead and just get into it. Love the whole aesthetic. Uh, love your new intros. Love love the new dedicated direction you're going with the show. I've been listening to line, to uh, Electric Liberty Land on the Lines of Liberty feed since you were doing it in 2016. And I mean, your your growth and evolution on that as somebody who 
doesn't just interview people, but also does their own solo monologues and everything else. It's always been really great to see that you've always been really good at tying in not just current events, but also stuff from like your average American's point of view, because I feel like a lot of that seems to get kind of pushed to the wayside these days. Right. Well, exactly. man, And that's like, that's part of the aspect. And honestly, part of the rebrand from electric Liberty land. Cause like you said, back in 2016, the whole thing, I was like, you know what? I'm going to title this show Electric Liberty Land. It's going to be fun. It's going to be approachable to the everyman, the everyday schlub walking down the street, getting his foot stuck in bubblegum. And of course, what ends up happening is the more you get into something, then, you know, you start to, to cater to the crowd, especially as the show grows, right? And I started getting more going for, I guess, the crowd that was the libertarians rather than, I guess I lost perspective. Right. Of like what made the show approachable, make it funny. And I started just being kind of like angry, ranting guy about news. I'd interview people once in a while, but a lot of angry rants, comedy rants, too. But I lost sight of the original goal. And I think that's what I'm trying to get back to a little bit with this show. And uh, and hopefully it, it, it works because, you know, like we're talking about the everyman perspective. Libertarians, you know, I, we are awful at preaching the everyman perspective. Awful. It's, uh, you know, for the most part, unapproachable, gobbledygook, you know, economic gobbledygook combined with uh, with anger. Erectile dysfunction. Right. Well, obviously. And, and obviously, obviously quite a bit of autistic erectile dysfunction, which is just confusing for everybody. The How worst do you kind. Erectile? How do you explain it to somebody with heavy autism? Impossible. What am I going to put a helmet on you and your dick? So point being, <laughs> you know, I want to make something that's a little bit more approachable, a little bit more fun. And uh, while Electric Liberty Land was a hell of a ride, and I'll continue that style somewhat, I don't know. I feel like it's it what has to happen, not only with my show, but in the broader liberty movement. I, I remember the last uh, I, I used to do seasons with Remsa Republic way yonder back. Um, I remember. I remember I was like I was like uh, the 15th show in the season. I think I capped off one season a few years ago. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was it was fun because it was at a point where libertarian podcasts were still kind of in a renaissance. But like the last dozen or so episodes I did before I, I canceled that series, it, it was just pure drudgery and, and it stopped being fun. I almost yeah. felt like I was just really phoning it in. I actually went and listened to a few of those final episodes I did and I I really hated it. Like it was one of those moments where it's like, I'm not enjoying this. My guest isn't getting the most out of it. And I can obviously tell that the listeners are starting to uh, to tell that something is just up. So I, I rebranded that show. I took like six months off to do promos for my for my first book. And when I came back, I made the Remzo Martinez experience because I was like, OK, I need to do a hard pivot because I also realized that people were coming for my guests and they weren't coming for me. So yeah, I'm like, were your I'm, first five reviews on iTunes, by the way, just women you'd slept with giving you zero stars. They're like, uh, I've had the experience. Terrible, terrible so, experience. Somebody said that it, it did not live up to their expectations. That was an X and that was totally an innuendo. And I was like, bitch, you're pregnant with your third kid on your fourth baby daddy. Do the math. Bro. <laughs> and now with Roe vs. Wade, you're really screwed. Yeah. Well, you know, not my kid, despite the practice. But I mean, <laughs> it was uh, it, it was a situation where like. I, I need to do a hard pivot because people were coming for my guests and they weren't coming for me. And, mm. and when I did that, it was like the, the downloads, the ratings, everything was so much better. I, I took a much more like, you know, front leaning approach to it, but I had changed so much that I ended up just 
quitting that. And I was like, this, this doesn't feel like a, the type of show I wanted to do. So when I finally took about a year and then I, you know, kind of restarted from episode one with on the run, I was like, I found a good middle ground because I think if people don't figure themselves out, they feel like they have to lean into a crowd and they're not leaning into their own natural strengths. There's no point in continuing to talk. Yeah, precisely. And I had the same thing happen, honestly. And I don't know if you picked up on it or other people had, but it was the same thing. Every week I would, you know, I'd get my news stories and I was just like, uh, again, you know, just like it was, it would exhaust me trying to do it. And, uh, and I wasn't having fun. So I'm hoping the same thing, like, you know, this reboot is going to give me more chance to do more comedy, have a little bit more fun with it, do more pop culture where I'm not just being upset. You know, and that's what the show had become. It was just me being upset, which is, I think, also when we talk about a lot of issues, you know, and again, you know, libertarian issues, being upset isn't fun for people to listen to. There's it, for a little while it is, and then you just get tired of it. It's depressing. You know, you want to hear people talk about what they're excited about, what you know, what's making them happy. What's and you could have some some angry in there here and there, but what's making you interested? What's the new thing on in life that's getting you excited to go out and start your day? What's coming around the bend technologically or entertainment wise? It's actually going to inspire you to create something. And I feel like what we can do now, or what I can do now with the show is, and this is going to be a focus of the show, is try to find topics and preach like what is there to look forward to here what's the dream that we can look forward to down the road right what's going to make people inspired to follow you know an economic path what's going to inspire people to follow a path where they're going to accept the ideals I'm preaching in a tangible way and sell them a dream that they can also see applicable in their daily lives because so many times you get people bitching about shit and they go okay well I don't know you're angry about uh, common core math but that's not what my kids learning or I don't have kids I don't really give a crap about that it doesn't impact me but if you can explain to them the future and why it's going to be a better thing to avoid that or a better thing to explore something else or just inspire them to find a better way to uh to handle themselves even in online situations if I can tell people how to communicate better eh, it might actually make a tangible difference in how this world reacts and how the you know my 2-year-old daughter is going to go out and Hopefully not get slapped in the face by somebody uh, in four years. So it all ties together, man. I, like you're saying, it's it's difficult, I think, anytime you do a podcast long enough, right? And you've been doing your show for a long time. I've been doing mine a long time. I think you're eventually going to hit a wall where you get tired of doing that thing. But if you find what makes you happy, and maybe you have to ditch your old thing and find something new, then you know, reinvent it as many times as you have to. Yeah, I mean, the, the one thing that I always wanted to avoid after the Remzo Republic days was I didn't want to be like Remzo Martinez, the libertarian guy. Right, I yeah. was like, that. that is, if I'm fixed to that for the rest of my life, that is that is a horrible thing. And what, what I've already picked up from the first couple episodes of Mean Age Daydream is that you're not Brian the Libertarian podcast host anymore. Now it's more like people are coming to hear Brian McWilliams. You've right. got a very distinct personality. You've got a very direct sense of humor. People know the type of stuff you talk about, but it's more approachable, as you were saying. And I mean, that's where libertarians, they're, they're almost in two camps of stay like in this weird renaissance period between like 2012, 2016, where suddenly like everyone and their grandmother had a libertarian podcast. And then it was, well, what do you actually have to bring to the table? Because yeah. there are dozens of shows where they just sound distinctly the same. 
and you're not really benefiting. So it's almost like, listen, it's, I, I don't believe in this whole, oh, you're watering down everyone's content theory. I don't believe in that because the people that complain about that end up usually quitting because mm-hmm. they wanted to get into it because they thought they were going to get some immediate gratification from doing so. And then when they saw that it took work and you have to have, want to do it beyond just saying you have a podcast, that that's when you might succeed. But it, it gets to the point where you have to picture like, will you be happy coming and doing this a few years from now or not? And if the answer is no, that's not a bad thing. Maybe it just yeah. means you had a good run and it's time to let it go. Yeah, exactly. And trust me, I thought about that. I thought about, you know, did I have my run as a time to hang him up and, and just get fat and drunk like John Daly, fatter and drunker like John Daly. And I, you know, I think something else too, that we don't hit on enough is when we talk about libertarian podcasting and the world of podcasts, it's you know, like recycled guests, right? Everybody kind of talks to the same people and there's the same guests. And I think that nobody wants sloppy seconds. No, exactly. I mean, I mean, unless that's your thing. And then, you know, I you're, mean, some you're, chicks might be worth it. I'm a wartime. Yeah. Different. Yeah. I mean, it, look, there's yeah. gotta be some girl in the world that you're like, I don't care how many times she's been run through. I'm getting in on that, but and I'm going to try to find that woman. I'm going to try to find her and have her on my podcast. Cause that's the beauty is <laughs> You know, with with your, you know, on the run with uh, Meeting Age Daydream, I have the opportunity now more than with Electric Liberty Land, which was very pigeonholing in the name with the with the content to what I could talk about, you know, and now opening it up, you say, OK, I can have people on that have nothing to do with libertarianism and I'm going to. And I look forward to that. Like, that's the thing. I'm relishing not talking about libertarianism. I'm relishing just having people on that are from random walks of life, talk about random subjects and not even bringing it up. Or maybe at the very end, what's, you know, what do you think about this one topic? And that's something that has got me excited and like, I'm, I'm refreshed thinking about it. And I think that it's going to bring more people into the way, you know, the way that we think bringing people in, but they say, oh, you know, I talked to this guy. I don't know. He's kind of an asshole, but he's funny, but he had some interesting ideas. Like if I can, if I can leave that in people's minds, my work on this earth is done. <laughs> what was uh, what was the inspiration behind the whole Bowie theme? As a space odyssey fanatic, like you, you caught my attention with that. A while. Well, you know it's it's funny. So Electric Liberty Land was uh, obviously taken from Electric Lady Land, but then there was this you know Alex Jones. Uh, I think he yeah, did electricity in their eyes, like this one weird thing he said. And then when I uh, kind of led me to. Uh, my favorite Bowie song, which is Moon Age Daydream. But in that song, he says, keep your electric eyes on me, babe. Keep that ray gun to my head. And I was like, I like that. That you know, it makes sense. It's a good tie into the old song, or the old name, Electric Liberty Land. But it also, I think, is very pertinent for our time, right? Keep those eyes. I mean, like, keep your eyes open. Keep watching. Watch everything. Watch everyone. You watch them. They watch you. We're in a world wherein everything you put out there is for public consumption, right? Everybody's got a very social persona, Everybody is constantly watched and judged. So we're looking out, we're seeing what other people are putting out, and we're being judged all the time. So we're keeping our electric eyes on everybody, right? Literally over the internet. But then you also feel this is like, you know, mean age daydream. The idea is that we're looking for a better future, but we're still, we're living in a pretty brutal time right now. When it comes to the way in which cancel culture operates, the way the economy operates, the way in which the government is stomping down people's necks and the authoritarianism is, is ruling over us, especially after coming after COVID. I think that, you know, we do all have to appreciate that there's essentially a gun to our heads at all time that we may not know about. And we have to work constantly to keep one step ahead of that person aiming that pistol, right? And you think about your daily life, what you go through, 
the IRS is looming. You know, your, your job, like you just, you know, we're talking about your, your job and changing jobs, my job, what you're doing. You constantly have to t- stay one step ahead of the economy, your self-interest, your social personas. You have to stay one step ahead of what's going on insofar as how you live your daily life, your everyday safety, how you're perceived by the world. Like, we're constantly basically lined up with a blindfold waiting to be shot. But most people just don't realize it. So that's kind of the concept. I like that. You know, my new my new tagline is is keep your electric eyes on me, me babe, and keep that ray gun in my head. So I want people to think about that shit and know that you know. I was asked a question recently on uh, on in in liberty and health, right? And he said, "What's liberty to you?" And I'd never said this before, but it popped in my mind. Liberty to me is not being afraid. Is an absence of fear in as many things as possible. And I think that. When you think about how we go about it, that ability, that uh, to whatever it is, whether it's your girlfriend or your wife, being comfortable, not having to worry about that, you have achieved freedom in that realm of your life. Your relationship, you are free, motherfucker. Rip those farts, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, get caught jerking off in the shower. You know, you're free. You've achieved that. You're comfortable in your relationship. In your work, if you've got a steady job, you know, you have a good economy, great. But what are you worried about now? The IRS. The inflation rates, uh, somebody coming in and, and you know buying your company, the government cracking down and regulating you out of existence. The things that we are most afraid of are typically tied in most often with the government because you can't control them. So I want people to think about that. You know, fear and liberty are very closely tied in together. And so what I'm trying to preach now is how we can overcome that fear by restricting government, by shrinking it down and trying to teach people again, it's not a negative. Stop preaching the negative and preach the positive of this is what you can look forward to. You don't have to be afraid anymore, man. That's that, it. That is um, about a month before you did the rebrand. I went ahead and had uh, dance registered meanhdaydream.com. Thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, like it was, it, it's, it's really ironic um, because I, I'm, I'm really into your tagline. I think it really draws the focus of your show. Awesome. But Thanks, when I when I went ahead and redid the whole jingle and opening for my for my show, you know, I went with like a James Bond satire type of thing because the, the new tagline for mine was achieve the dangerous freedom in your lifetime that you dream of. And, mm-hmm. you know, people are like, oh, who, who, who the fuck are you? They're like, I'm, you're not jumping out of airplanes and shit like that. It's like, of course I'm not. But apparently <laughs> trying to just be left alone in your life has become a radical stance. Trying yeah. to live your life on your terms has become a radical stance. And, and it's it's about getting people to stop thinking about like, you know, four or five years from now, decades from now, more like, how can you take more of that back today? Because what, what I really hated, and this is why I've, I've been a, a critic of the libertarian pundit scene for a while, is you have a lot of fucking morons trying mm-hmm. to give advice on stuff they're not qualified to talk about. Yep. And with me, it's, it's why, to my own detriment, as, uh, as my parents may call it, I've, uh, I've aligned my career with my you know, personal beliefs and everything else that has had a lot of highs and has had a lot of lows because it's uh-uh. like, if I'm, if I'm going to talk about this stuff and if I'm going to believe this stuff, I might as well try and get in it as much as possible. Good, bad. I am the different. opposite. I have literally, because I do public relations for a career. I have literally worked for the Chinese government. <laughs> I have, oh, I I have for sold Qatar. my soul. <laughs> I was team Qatar at the Washington times in DC. You have to be team Saudi Arabia oh, wow. or team awesome. Qatar. So I was outright a shill for Qatar. If the Qatari government, Al Jazeera actually used to sponsor this show. 
Dude, like, Al Jazeera. I, I think Al Jazeera is one of the better news organizations out I, there. From me, I love honest. taking their money. I, I think the, I think the, <laughs> I think they actually do better reporting than most of our U.S. outlets. You know, I mean, it's slanted, but at least I hear from like different angles on them. Ain't, ain't no shame in the Al Jazeera game. If they Hell wanted no. to come back, I would gladly take their money. But uh, you, you know, so, something you said a moment ago really caught my attention. It's this idea of you know just just not being afraid, being out there. Um, many a time, people have been like, you know especially if the whole parlor situation, it's like, didn't you just want to like disappear? Now, have there yeah. been times where I've been like really quiet where I've been like very silent online? Absolutely. Like those times have come and gone, but I never stopped being out there. I never stopped giving my stance on things. I never stopped talking about what's really going on with me and the world I interact with. And it's like, you know, I call it the anti get off the grid mentality. There, there is no grid to get off of anymore. Like that, that yeah. space doesn't exist. So you're either out there on as many grids as possible, developing your own platforms, developing your own voice and audience in ways that people can connect with you or somebody else is doing it and they don't have your best interest in mind. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to think about, I keep forgetting I moved my camera up. I actually look at the camera. Uh, I, uh, I used to really worry about a lot. I guess, again, in my career, I live in Los Angeles you know, super progressive. I work in public relations, although a lot of our clients are international now. So it's kind of kind of spread out. But I used to worry a lot about my honor on persona and if are people going to find the podcast? Like if you Google me, the first thing that comes up, of course, is Lions of Liberty and you know all the podcasts have said and or my comedy. And it's stressful. But at the same time, now I, I don't know, you can't be afraid anymore because I've learned you can get canceled for anything. Yeah, anything is stupid shit. I mean, the Harvard, Harvard right now is trying to cancel people that put together a panel on autism. And it was to help people with autism. I, they, I shit you not, because they said it was ableist to hold a panel on autism about autism awareness. They said it was somehow um, eugenicist because trying to help these people somehow made it as though they, they should be excluded from society and we shouldn't help them anymore. It, madness. Madness, right? If you can get canceled. So basically autism panel, lives don't matter. That's what exactly. That's, that's all like, I'm all taking right, away from that. Put them on an island. Put them on an island. Then what are you, we're not, if we're not supposed to help them, what are we supposed to do with them? I don't know. Go just punch them in the face. I don't know. But the point being, you can get canceled for anything. And innocuous private conversations, people are getting canceled for. The Washington Post outed that chick for going and you know wearing blackface as Megan Kelly to a Halloween party. She got canceled for a private party event that the Washington Post covered. So fuck it, man. What I have nothing to lose, right? The only thing I have to lose is I, I, I've lost my fear. I've lost my fear of being canceled because there's no point anymore. You know, I, 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 would, I can either hate myself and, and check everything I say, or I can live the life I'm trying to preach, which is to get as many things out of my life that, I, that, that cause me fear as possible. Overcome them, ignore them, realize that they don't matter. And, you know, at this point in time, if somebody wants to find dirt about you, if you have an employer that's going to dig up shit and, and not want to hire you for a fucking reason, well, then they can suck it there. It's their loss. Right. It's just like people that discriminate. If you if you don't want to hire black people because you're racist, well, you're lost, man. You're limiting your talent pool. You're an idiot. So 
It's it's wild because I mean everything you just said you've really kind of gone through the libertarian life cycle so to speak because yeah. I, I I call it it's like in three phases it's the one phase where you're you know calling out people on Facebook it's like hey guys I don't think we can trust this person I don't think this is working and then the second phase is you align all your politics with libertarian policies and you start just you know being an internet apostle and then when yep. you realize that the five people who were arguing with you were not going to change their minds that's when you you really have to ask yourself in the third phase, how am I freer in my own life? How do I actually achieve more happiness in my own life by living freer as a result of my beliefs? Yep, exactly. And people kind of get on me about that a little bit, by the way, because I do live in LA. (laughs) I do live in LA and how can I live my beliefs and be free in this uh, this horrible progressive shithole? But I tell you, things are changing. Things are changing through conversations. How how many conversations do you have to go before the gas is cheaper, dude? Oh, man. I, that's Here's the thing. I just saw that LA was not going to back off the gas. California is not going to back off the gas tax. I think this is all a good thing. And I've said this before, right? I, I made this point on the Electric Liberty Land, and I should make it again on the new show for new listeners. But I've been an advocate of accelerating cancel culture and accelerating things when, you know, basically the, you know, let's let it burn all down so we can rebuild. And the gas tax, as horrible as it is, it's already so high. Like the gas prices are so high that the people that have been fucked, they're about as fucked as they can be. So now I'm just rooting for California. Good. Double down on that gas tax. There's some asshole in Rhode Island right now that it's, and he's the first democratically elected socialist in Rhode Island. How do you like that? That is proposed that because of COVID, if people don't get their children vaccinated, they can double their tax rate. The fuck does that? How is that lawful? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't even think it is lawful, but this is the bill that this guy proposed. So I'm like, good. I'm like, get this poison <laughs> out there, man. Get like, I we need more idiots out there to showcase the sickness, right? And the more sickness that showcase, we're seeing it turn in LA. We're seeing a turn. My wife, she works, you know, as a designer with a, a lot of design firms because she works in like furniture, huge installations for furniture, for like Disney and stuff. But designers, the most progressive, frou-frou, you know, feather boa wearing people in the world are now saying this shit has gone too far. We got to rein it in. This is bonkers. They're for the don't, they're the don't say gay bill. Uh, they're for that because they're like, we don't need to be teaching third year olds or third year graders uh, about trans issues and genders. You know, like things they these people have pushed it so far. It's coming back around. And I'm that's why I'm very excited. I'm very white pill about the way in which the future is moving. And I've, I haven't been this excited for a long time. Like, I'm, I'm honestly pumped, man. You may not share my optimism, but I am pumped for the future because I think that we're going to see two, one of two things happen. We're going to see things start to come back heavily towards individualism, towards smaller government, towards more personal and and societal freedoms. That's one option. Option two is the psychopaths running the place are going to try to desperately hold on to power, which is what you're seeing in China, right? With Xi Jinping. That's what you're seeing him try to do. And that's going to come back and it's going to fuck them. And the people here will see which one gets there first. I think the people here may realize that they pushed too far. And I mean, I still think that the future like majority GOP voting block will be what I consider like the straight gays. And by the straight <laughs> gays, I, I that's a that's a term I stole from my mother. I don't know what the fuck we were talking about, but she was she's like, you know, clearly a genius. She's she clearly is because she was like, you know, all these trannies are like making the straight gays angry. 
And yeah, it's like the it's, alphabet exactly. people are fighting amongst themselves. <laughs> and I'm like, damn. Like, I don't are. know what started this conversation, but Dude, they are. They, yeah. It's if the only. It's like you wouldn't think that you could turn the gaze against uh, <laughs> Democrats, but the tranny issue has done it. They are pissed, man. The log cabin Republicans probably has the biggest increase I've ever seen. Oh my god! I, when I was at the Washington Times, uh, I had what I called my online gay Republican army. Because nice. I worked with a lot of the log cabin. A lot of subscriptions you had to pay for to, to get into that one. I mean, you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do because those guys wanted to get far, and I was like, I need people to share this shit. So you know, it was a it was an alliance <laughs> made in gay conservative dumb. And I I remember uh, at one point I was just you know like uh, I I would go and attend some of their webinars to go and and talk and stuff like that, and it it became very obvious. And, and this is in 2019 that that the schism was occurring and this is as they're adding the the plus sign to the lgbtqi plus and i'm just like i want to know what they think and it's like have you ever seen okay there's a genuine question you're in california you might have a better opinion of this than i do do you think gays and lesbians get along honestly i don't think they really cross over very much I've never, so. I mean, it, I have a lot of gay friends. I've known a lot of gay friends. I've, well, you know, one, a lesbian couple. Actually, we were really good friends with a lesbian couple before COVID. I don't even know if we're friends with them anymore because they went full, they went full COVID madness. But when we go hang out with them, I've never seen a gay guy that's always lesbian couples. I don't think they, mm-hmm. I don't think they cross pollinate at all. But I'll tell you what, the, the, the same thing, the trans issue has really pissed off lesbians because lesbians are being accused of being transphobes for not, you know, fucking, dudes that are trying to be checks and again issues you wouldn't think that feminists would turn on the democratic party but you're seeing that too because of this trans issue it's it's so weird i i genuinely don't think that lesbians like gays because i have this extremely hateful no it's i mean come on it's gay (laughs) who wants to be associated with that I don't think a lot of women who say they're lesbian are actually lesbian. I mean, I, I think that there's a lot. Die, I would that, die I think, on that hill. I think if a guy, listen, if a guy is willing to take a dick, that yeah, is that's real. A, that's dedication. But women well, can that's be like, question. oh, well, yeah, it was just a, it was just an experimentation phase. And, you know, well, th- they, that's they can, a question. They can, so they can be lesbians and then they cannot be lesbians and then they can still say they're not bi. So is your argument then that there's a lot of uh, gay tops that are not really gay? Because they're not taking the dick. They're just giving the dick. No, because the dick still has to go somewhere. Yeah, but I mean, it's still you're, you're putting it in. It's tight. Probably feels nice. Lube it up. You're still, but you're not still taking a dude. it. If it's you're still taking a dude. It, if you're taking it, I think you're definitely gay. If you're giving it, maybe, yeah, maybe not. Maybe you're just like, this is easy. Being no on maintenance. Top, be, being a top on Being on top and two chicks scissoring each other are not the same. No, well, that's, I mean, two chicks scissoring is easy. I don't know. I think that if, I think most lesbians that are committed into it, I think they are legitimately lesbians. But I do not think that most people that are identifying as trans right now or non-binary, I do not think they are trans, nor do I think they're non-binary. I think that there's a, a societal movement in the, uh, in the offing that gives people the opportunity to easily, like, for example... If you want to be oppressed, right, and you're like, ah, oh, well, you know, who's oppressed right now? All right, the blacks. Well, I can't go see Thomas howling around and put soul man makeup on and pretend I'm black. All right, well, who's else oppressed? Trans, all right, I'm trans. 
because you don't have to do shit to identify as trans. All you have to do is change your pronoun in your social media profile and tell people to call you shim. You don't, there's no investment until you get the hormone therapy. And that I find most of the time is due to psychiatrists or the parents, not the kids. It's this, it's the parents or the psychiatrists that are pushing that shit. So I feel bad for those people, but I think that also is going to come full circle because as you start seeing a generation of people that are coming out that were given hormones that are fucked up and they go, I was just gay or I was just confused at the seven, straight gays or the straight gays. Yeah. The straight gays are going to be furious. And I think you're going to see a big repercussion. Uh, it's going to wipe out a lot of careers. And I, and I hope it does. I think these people fucking deserve every one of them. Everyone should be homeless in the streets, but don't come to LA. We're filled. So, so this entire conversation is a, is a topic that certain libertarians say that we shouldn't be having. Yeah. Well, those people can suck it. They can suck my non-trans cock. <laughs> when, when do you think the, no pun intended, when do you think the transition happens between advocating libertarian principles and then being completely silent on this topic because I, I'm very I'm very cut and dry which is listen like we, we try and state things that are obvious and this this whole situation is very obviously not good for society right I'm, I'm not saying that trans people are not good for society I'm saying <laughs> this this pushing of people to not accept it it's not about acceptance anymore it's not about equality under the law it, it's about blanket worship of it yeah. Libertarians just gave that up. And in the year of 2020, in which half the country was on fire, businesses were closing down, children traumatized, the whole country is fucked. What do the libertarians running for office talk about? They side of Black Lives Matter and they jump on yeah. all these LGBT alphabet people problems and they completely ignore the fact that the federal government has just victimized everybody. Well, they had an opportunity to actually make a statement. And that statement would have been to go counter to what everybody else is saying and say, number one, this is something we don't really give a fuck about if we're being perfectly honest. You know, like, I mean, I, I, it's a problem now because they pushed it to the point where you do have young children that are, are being convinced of this. And, you know, all these young women are being convinced that they are trans or trying to do it because they want attention and they're not. But the Libertarian Party could have made a statement by saying, we're not going to talk about this. Because honestly, it's 0.001% of the population. And factually, it does not impact many people's lives. We're all for personal freedom. But when you try to say that this is an issue societally that has to be a priority, no. The drug war is a priority. And guess what? The drug war fucks trans people too. Because there's a lot of trans people, they talk about they're homeless, they're transient. Because they're trans, real trans people get kicked out of their houses. They do get fucked over by society in different ways. But- they also are affected by the drug war. They're affected by the police state. They're affected by any number of different things that are bigger priorities than trying to make a transgender bathroom. You know, it's like, that's the opportunity that I think they missed. And for these libertarians, as you're saying, that are like, that either won't talk about it, well, they're pussies, you know, it, you, you don't need to lean into topics. And I've talked about this before. We don't need to voluntarily jump into topics that we're going to piss people off about, right? Doesn't, you don't have to do it. They bake, do you bake the gay cake? Look, you don't have to bring it up, man. But if it gets brought up, you should be talking about it. And you need to talk common sense. And if you don't talk common sense, then what good are you? Because the, the thing is, the irony 
is with what the Libertarian Party did, tweeting about Black Lives Matter, tweeting out, we have to support, but, you know, congratulations to Kamala Harris, the first female vice president. It's wank, not good wank. to be, it's not good to be not racist. You have to be anti-racist. It, yeah, you have to be explicitly not, explicitly anti-racist. But, okay, you're pitching the same shit the Democrats are pitching. So all you're doing is pissing off your base not attracting anybody from the other side of the fence. And the Democrats already agree with what you're saying, but they want far more stupid shit you're not for. What do you win? What do you win? Nothing. You, you, you want the purple ribbon for competing? Good job. And that's what we get. This is why the, the emphasis that you've put on yourself and your show and everything about actually embracing the culture. You know, I, I hear a lot of people saying, say that and over the last, you know, four years, especially as libertarians have realized maybe this whole third party thing probably isn't going to work as much as we thought it would. You know, people will say that as almost like a cop out. It's like, Oh, you know, we'll, we'll play less, uh, less attention to the politics of it. We'll focus more on the culture, but they don't necessarily know what that means. When, mm-hmm. when, when we try and get into conversations like this, I think there's a reactionary side from a lot of people uh, who think like us because conversations like this will uh, will ultimately bring out opinions they don't like. And when you get into situations like this, the libertarian solution doesn't necessarily provide an answer to everything. But I think that's where a lot of people need to realize that that that's by intention because this isn't a this is not a religion. This is right. not even that much of a cut and dry philosophy. But that's it's, what's interesting. Well keep keep going. I would I, I have an interesting comment on the religion, but I think it's a cult. I, 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 I have a feeling that's what you might say, but it's like, you know, when, when it comes to this, it's like, just because I'm a libertarian doesn't mean I can't have opinions. They're antithesis to some of your opinions. And when it comes to, right. you know, like, like torturing your child and shit like that, like what we're seeing right now, that's one of those areas where it's like, I don't give a shit about the libertarian opinion. We see what's wrong before our eyes. And if we just choose to ignore it because we're afraid of being bad libertarians, th- th- then what's the good of it? Right. Exactly. And that's the thing I said this before, you know, just because you can doesn't mean you should type of morality. Just because the libertarian doctrine says one thing doesn't mean that you one that you have to support it. We're all for individualism. Why do we have to be prescribed? Why are we constantly judged by who's a real libertarian? I'm sorry. I'm a literal. I'm a real libertarian by embracing what I fucking believe, you know, and, and if that doesn't jive with the exact libertarian scripture, then fuck off. Change the, either the scripture's got to change or, you know, it, you don't have to talk to me. I don't care. That's your choice. But talking about religion, this is something I thought a lot about. And also a problem with like the philosophy of liberty and, and in that, you know, like I'm saying, coming into a positivity of telling stories, of, of giving people something to believe in. One of the things that we failed on is that we don't have a, a pulpit mentality. And that's something that I will do on my show, by the way. You're going to hear it. If when you listen to your, you're going to hear it. When I talk about the positive we're trying to achieve, you are going to hear me speak as though I'm a preacher. Because I view what we have to achieve, we need to give people a hardcore religious belief that we are right. And we have been right. That's This is the irony. We've been right about everything. COVID, the economy. The gay the frogs. The gay frogs. The fucking Russian gay frogs. All of this shit we've been right on. And you know what it's gotten us? Jack shit. Jack shit. We go, hey, you remember that? We were right about it. Tried to tell you. Do you you don't remember? Because we're on to the next, we're on to fucking jerking ourselves off about climate change. 
We have to have a religious style fervor of people believing, of wanting to get in on the ground floor of something amazing. So you're going to hear me and watch. It's going to be fun because you know me. You'll see the change. You're going to hear me take on that pulpit mentality, man. You're going to hear me start telling people, this is what's going to happen. This is what the change is going to be. This is what you're going to see. And this is what you're going to get. And you're going to fucking love it. And that's the change that has to happen in this shit that we're talking about. It has to. Because we're going to fail over and over again. I totally get where you're coming from with that. However, at least you do it and you're funny. Why I call call libertarianism like a a softcore cult is because of the internet warriors. Oh, they're the worst. And and, and those people. And it's like they – and we all see them. They have like seven banners on their Facebook profile picture stacked on top of each other. It's like, (laughs) motherfucker, get rid of the others. Get rid of the others before you add them. It takes 10 minutes for me to figure out what the hell each one is. I'm like, "Eh, that one's for dog food. Uh, (laughs) It's all the last things we used to care about or be angry about. Right. It's it's become – It's a trail of cheers. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so much worse when you put it that way. But yeah, it's true. It's uh, it, it's one of those things where it's like being a libertarian almost became an excuse for people not to have a personality. Hundred percent, and, and and that's why as we wrap up the show, kind of getting back to what I was saying at the beginning, it's like I I, I got so caught up in being Remzo the libertarian, whatever. I stopped wanting to develop my own style, my own sense. I was withholding my own opinions on things because I, I wanted to fit myself in a box. And I realized, wait, I'm doing the opposite of everything I say to do. Yeah. And when you do that, you know, it, it doesn't just harm you personally, but it harms you professionally. It's just, it, it, no one wants to be associated with the person who's just known for one thing. Mm-hmm. Nobody does. It's like Scott Malkison from South Park. No one cares that he has diabetes. <laughs> okay. It's like that. No one, no one cares about your diabetes, Scott. Nobody yeah. does. Yeah, exactly, man. Well, and, you know, it's funny, these online, you know, as you said, the cultists and, and their various, you know, various iterations of the social libertarians and the, you know, truest libertarians and the Prague caucus and the whatever the fuck caucus. And people have, you know, I, I'll, I'm going to go to the, the convention coming up. I'm going to vote for Angela McArdle because I, I like Angela and the Mises caucus. But it's everybody's got their flaws. It's all got their foibles. There's cultists within the Mises caucus who will attack anybody that questions anything the Mises caucus do. It's like, and these people are not helpful, except for one reason. And this is the way I, I welcome attacks. I welcome the, the dummies and the dipshits coming after me from all fronts. Please, dummies and dipshits, plant your flag at my doorstep on social media because they are useful to boost up what I'm saying. You know, like, just like the, uh, we know the algorithms boost the most inflammatory shit. If these jerk offs come attack me, great, good. It'll boost my visibility. The more they reply, the more I can reply to them. Bring Especially it on, now man. since they know that you don't think that lesbians are real. No, I've said, I've never thought lesbians are real. Lesbians and dragons, both fake and knights, knights killed both of them, even though they were not real all through history. Read your, read your Arthurian Bible. I can murder lesbians and dragons left and right. I could dig that. Brian, uh, I bet we can go on for another couple hours, but I got to let you go. If people want to go ahead and subscribe to Mean Age Daydream and everything else you do, how could they do so? 
Well, anywhere podcasts are heard. Yeah, Mean Age Daydream. I've got a solo feed uh, for this show, which I'm hoping to grow. And again, try to bring in people from outside the libertarian world. And uh, I do some extra bonus content on that too. So extra reason to subscribe. Lions of Liberty Network is where you can find the main feed where we've got all the three of the shows from the Lions of Liberty. And if you just like comedy, if you just like uh, people shooting the shit and unpc stuff, go listen to the boring, B-O-H-R-I-N-G, the boring podcast and that's uh, also anywhere you can hear podcasts. My, I'm, I'm pretty fucking sure that my brother is like the biggest boring podcast fan. You wouldn't because, know it. He doesn't retreat the show. Uh, well, I mean, he was. I know he he was the one that actually let me know you doing Bravo and uh, beer back when. Uh, what, what's that show about the uh, about the uh, about the ninety day fiance? The, no, 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 no. What's uh? They they work on like a ship or something. Oh yeah, uh, below deck. Below deck. That got, fucking, that got real boring though. He fucking That's... he loved that shit when it was popular, and I was just yeah. like, I I can't get it. But uh, folks, I'll go <laughs> ahead and make it easier for you. I'll go ahead and include the link to everything that Brian brought up in the show notes to make it easy go subscribe to his shit brian mcwilliams thank you so much again sir hey always an honor and a pleasure remzo my favorite man Lane martinez folks go ahead and help me out a little bit it costs you nothing but it means everything for me a five-star rating and review on apple Podcasts, stitcher spotify google play wherever you're listening to the show across al gore's amazing internet the next time you sit down to take a shit make sure you've gone and asked yourself have i left a review here and if you say yes go leave it elsewhere because i know you haven't done it twice as always be safe be good good night